0: Population, 10,000, at least on a normal day. On that day, though, double that. Gander in Canada, a refuge city for thousands on that tragic Tuesday morning, September 11th. Hospitality showed the world a better
1: way forward.
0: 846, the North Tower. 903 South Tower, 937 the Pentagon. As tragedy was breaking loose, all air traffic was being forced to the ground. Forty planes found refuge in the small city of Gander in Canada. A small town of 10,000 doubled in size on that Tuesday. One Ganderite put it this way, Everyone was a suspect, but everyone was a guest too. Churches, gyms, schools, all rushed to prepare room, food and shelter for all. Every hotel room packed. Love your neighbor. Easy to say. Gander showed that united love can conquer animosity. Father, Son, Spirit, they work together to save us. Yes, we were enemies, but by grace, we're guests at his table. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And on this Thursday, we're in a series called 9-11, 20 Years Later. We are remembering. We are stirring up old feelings. Some that seem to be gone for me, but I must be honest. I've shed a couple of tears this week thinking back to the horrific events that happened this Saturday, 20 years ago, this week. New York was hit the hardest. A couple of thousand died there, images seen all over the world, but the attacks, the hijacked planes also hit the Pentagon and a field in Pennsylvania. Today, we're going to talk with two men who were there at Ground Zero in Washington, D.C. One came to faith through it. The other found his faith deepening. And we also know that that one plane that was hijacked, United Flight 93, was forced to the ground by men like Todd Beamer, who would not allow another plane to take more lives. Todd was a believer in Jesus Christ, and so was his wife, Lisa, and a year later, She was on CNN's Larry King Live, reflecting on what she had learned over the prior year. You've been now considered, with this book and everything, a role model for many people. Is this kind of a burden for you? I mean, people look to you for comfort and you show such uh, inner strength when you appear in the media. Is that a little bit of a burden?
2: I guess it's an unexpected thing that has come out of this year. I just try to live every day from the core of me, which says that um, you know it 's not so much about my strength or even my faith, but um, where I get my resolve and my ability to take another step each day is from the God that I know, the God who loves me, the God who 's in charge of my little life, and the events of the uh, the world as as a whole, and just knowing that um, he loves me and he 's all powerful are the two things that I need to know to trust him to take the next step with him and um, you know, if people can draw strength and hope from that, uh, I'm, I'm honored and I'm blessed to be a part of that.
0: Lisa Beamer talking with Larry King about the challenges she had to face after her husband, Todd, died on 9-11. But she was always quick to point people to Jesus. And that's exactly what she does in her book about Todd called Let's Roll, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Courage. The same Lord who walked with Todd on that flight on 9-11 is the same one who walks with us in all our trials of life in these past 20 years. When you read Let's Roll, I know you'll find encouragement to live for Christ today and to trust that no matter what happens in this life, there's something better coming in the next. I'd like to send you Let's Roll for your gift to Haven today. Our number to call after the program is 800 800- 654-2836-865-HAVEN. Or you can make your gift there at our website. Watch more of the interview we just played with Lisa Beamer. And then you can make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. As we open now with Matt Redman. This is how
3: we know. This is how we know what love is. Just one look at your cross And this is where we see This is where we see how love works For you surrendered your all And this is how we know That you have loved us first And this is where we chose To love you in Your cross. And this is where we see. This is where we see how love works. For you surrendered your all. And this is how we know that you have loved us first. And this is where we chose to love you in return for you so
0: This is Haven today, a series this week called 9-11, 20 years later. We open with This Is How We Know by Matt Redman. Army Staff Sergeant Chris Brayman. He was working in the Pentagon on September 11, 2001. His wife called him that morning, telling him about the attacks on the World Trade Center in New York City. She was worried about him. And just as he was trying to calm her down, the Pentagon was attacked.
2: And I told her, I said, you know, don't worry, and at that point, I was thrown forward, and uh, the phone went dead, and when I was thrown forward, I hit the cabinet behind me uh, in my office, and I got up and evacuated out, and I started yelling, get out, get out, get out, and there was smoke billowing through the hallways, and there was a couple guys next to me that I worked with, and they just happened to go right, and I went left. They went right down a stairwell, and I just I turned around and I went left down a different one. And as I came out, there was a Department of Defense uh, police officer struggling carrying a lady and a baby, and I grabbed the baby from his hands, and together we ran about 65 yards carrying the lady and the baby. And as I placed the baby back in the woman's arms, the baby was fine but had singed uh, hair on the back of the head, And apparently she had uh, retina displacement uh, from being in the blast being thrown. Mm. That's why she couldn't figure out that her baby was there. The officers told me, you know, run and go get help, run and go get help. And when I ran, I ran paralleling the crash site uh, because I saw a fire truck and an ambulance just pulling up. And I ran as fast as I could as Engine 61 uh, was pulling in onto the grass in front of the fire point. And I didn't realize that I was i was just so jacked on adrenaline that I ran as fast as I could in between the debris and the fire on the left-hand side of me.
0: Chris got help for the woman and her baby. The first responders assured him more were coming to help. But he saw someone in a window on an upper floor, and he knew he needed to go back in to help.
2: As we're going back into the building, this time the, there was a firefighter that had a uh, fire extinguisher, and he had... He'd use the fire extinguisher to quick burst, so we could get into areas that that were on fire. And as he burst through with the fire extinguisher, I could barely see. We're basically crouching down, and I'm yelling, uh, "You know, is there anybody there? Is there anybody there? Come to my voice! Come to my voice!" Mm. Um, and then uh, that's where this woman was on the ground, that uh, her hands were full of blood, and and she was burning. She could feel the burn and everything. And what it was is. Later on, I found out that it was a woman named Sheila Moody that uh, she was on her third day of work uh, there at the Pentagon in the finance office area, and she was praying to come out. You know, Lord, I know you didn't bring me here to die. Uh, if you get me out of here, i you know, allow you to use me in any way I can. And as she was praying to come out, I was praying to go in to the building earlier, and the Lord had answered our prayers by using me to go get her. All I could barely see was slight movement in the darkness as we were crouching down. And I just kept reaching through the clouds and trying to see if I could feel anybody as we were going through. And lo and behold, there she was. I believe the Lord guided me to her. Mm. There was a picture on the fourth day, uh, or the third day, on that Thursday, that appeared in the Washington Post, and, and she had saw that. And in this picture was us... Uh, after, during the recovery, uh, there was no longer rescue, it was recovery, and me and my team had the honor of bringing out 63 deceased before I was relieved of duty because of uh, of my injury that I, I sustained during nine eleven. Mm-hmm. And what had happened was she saw this picture and said, that was the man that saved my life. Mm. What the Army did was took a car uh, and sent me down to Walter Reed Hospital, where she was at, and I had waited about an hour and a half while she was uh, being wrapped. And as I went into her room, she just said, it's you, it's you, it's you. That's all it was coming out of her mouth, it's you. And she explained to me that how she was praying to come out, and, and I had prayed to go in. And at that time she said, well, the Lord used you to be my guardian angel.
0: What I find most inspiring of Chris's story is that the Lord used him to help rescue many. But the Lord was also at work in his own heart, bringing him to a genuine faith in Christ.
2: You know, I I was raised very uh, within faith, but didn't realize I didn't have that personal relationship until 9-11, when he actually physically, mentally, and spiritually humbled me with the amount of death that I had in my hands. Mm -hmm. And before 9-11, we were kind of new to the area, and my wife's friend had asked her to, you know, hey, would you like to start coming to church with me? And, you know, I was so focused on my job and work, and, and uh, as we all become that way, and as my wife uh, kept asking me, come, you know, come to church, come to church with me, and I kept making every excuse hmm. to do this. Hmm.
0: You were out of excuses, weren't you?
2: Oh, I was out of excuses, <laughs> and the Lord just one day started tugging on my heart. And one day I just jumped in my wife's car on Sunday, and they said, you know, drive.
0: You were too proud.
2: <laughs> right. And as 9-11 came closer, it just seemed that the Lord was preparing my soul for what I was about to see and what I was about to do. Mm -hmm. We don't really know, you know, what we're capable of doing and and what we're going to do in life. You know, the Lord has this master plan, and He knows what we're going to do. Like I said, I'm amazed at some of the stuff that, that, that to this day, you know, that that He had me do. You know, going through, you know, fiery deaths and, and, and crawling through things and to... Do a selfless act that that he continued has, having me do to this day.
0: Mm. Well, Christ was uh, preparing your heart, and He was saving your life, and also the Lord was using you to save the lives of others. Right. You got you got a Purple Heart, didn't you?
2: Yeah, they gave me a, a Purple Heart and the Soldier's Medal, which is the highest medal during peacetime for valor, and. You know i turned down the medals uh, i told him it wasn't we didn't do it for the medals this wasn't about about the medals we were just doing you know what we felt was the right thing to do and you know to this day i still believe we didn't do enough
0: an interview we did with chris brehman following
2: 9-11 tom joyce
0: was there as well he was a captain in the u.s navy he and his office had been following the
1: attacks on the world trade center uh, I remember standing by my desk and I was looking out the window towards Arlington Cemetery, thinking what a beautiful day it was. Selfishly, I'll admit it, I was thinking I need to go out for a run. Uh, I need to go over and run around the uh, monuments, just kind of clear my mind, I know I just need to think through what I just saw on television, just spend some time praying. And I was standing right next to the window when the airplane hit. Um, it immediately kind of lifted up the building, it seemed to, and through all of us that were standing back about five or six feet away from the window, And immediately on my way back, I could see that huge orange fireball coming towards the window. And the thought went through my head that this is it. This is how it ends. I mean, Mm. it's going to happen this quickly. Mm.
0: In that split second when you saw that orange fireball, did you in any way relate that to what you had been
1: watching on television in New York City? Again, we didn't know it was an airplane. Uh, In fact, my first thought was that must be a bomb, maybe a truck bomb. The Pentagon, the the location where we are, was relatively close to a four-lane highway that runs between the Pentagon and Arlington Cemetery, and all I can imagine was a truck had come by, broken through the barrier, and gotten that close to the building. Hmm. Quickly, though, the the building filled up with very heavy, dense black smoke that those of us in aviation can relate to burning jet fuel. We then determined it was probably an airplane.
0: Tom, you saw this orange ball come in, the building was actually raised up from where you were sitting or standing at this point, and uh, what
1: happened after that? Well, we had about 150 people, uh, officers and uh, some civilians that worked for the Department of the Navy, that were in our office, and I knew immediately, uh, I could just tell from the fire that we were in extremis, we needed to get those people out, the smoke had come in through many of the broken windows and was very, very thick, and so we had to get every one of those people out. There was only one way in and out of the office to get them all out and we knew about where the impact point was we could see the fire raging just outside some of the broken windows and so we had to act very quickly so a couple of us who were the senior officers in the office started the evacuation we had a couple of people that were hurt pretty severely from some of the flying debris it was quite a few injuries that we had to get them taken care of and and get them down to medical attention so we just began ushering people out and made a quick sweep as we could, while the, you could still barely see that we had everybody out of the office. Mm. And, of course, you didn't know until later what the, the toll was That's correct uh, on the Pentagon. How many people were lost? A total between the airplane and what was in the Pentagon was about 189 people. Okay. And then many more injured, of course. Oh, many more. Well, wow. 9-11
0: changed Tom just like it changed Chris Brayman. He went back to seminary, and he's now a pastor after retiring from the Navy. So I asked him to share with us how the Lord ministered to him through those September 11th attacks.
1: What I witnessed uh, both at the Pentagon and what I saw and read accounts of people in New York City, the firemen and the rescue men that went into those burning buildings, they were willing to lay down their life for another. And I've used that experience that I had up close and personal to watch people do that and have them take part of some of that myself as an example for what their Savior did for them that while they were yet sinners, Christ willingly laid down his life for them. They could do nothing to help themselves, similar to the people at the Pentagon or in the World Trade Centers. But those men and those women ran into those buildings to help them, and that's what Christ has done for them in laying down his life. And all they need to do is reach out and grab the hand or grab their Savior, who willingly knocks at their door and says, Let me come in, let me offer you some peace. I have the keys to understanding and all knowledge. Let me offer that to you. And so I've been able to use that many times, an analogy, mm-hmm. to be able to share with people their real need for the Savior, because they don't know if today may be their last day like some of those people on 9-11 faced.
0: This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris, and I'm thankful we could spend some time again with Pastor Tom Joyce, who shared his 9-11 experience at the Pentagon. That day is truly a day that'll live forever in infamy for North Americans and for anyone in the world who can remember that tragic Tuesday morning. It came as an utter shock to the world and to millions of people everywhere who never thought something like that on such a scale could happen. In other words, it was traumatic. Testimonies of those who lived through it in New York described living life after that fateful Tuesday with a sense of fear and anxiety. Could it happen again? When will it happen again? And where? And what will it be? These were the questions swirling in the air in the months that followed the terrorist attack starting at the World Trade Center. But what about the immediate aftermath? Thousands were missing family members. Many had tried to call their loved ones, but they hadn't been able to get news, to see, to hear since the towers collapsed. Despair was hanging in the air. Sadness and grief had struck a chord deep in the heart of North America. But there was something else. People were fuming. People in general were intent on getting back, exacting revenge. They were angry. All of us were angry. If you were living in North America at the time, I'm sure you remember the feelings of rage that boiled to the surface as the reality of what had just taken place began to sink in. What were we going to do? What could we do? And where was God in the midst of all of this? How could he let this happen? All these questions and more were pouring out of our hearts. Three days later, on Friday, a world began to see a way forward. Billy Graham was asked to address the packed National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. President Bush had called for a prayer service, a way for people to begin processing their grief through prayer, through solidarity. Who better than the nation's pastor, as Billy Graham had been described. He only spoke for 12 minutes, but those 12 minutes were everything. He spoke of hope, of our deep need for the Lord, and he invited everyone in that room to trust in Christ once again. Here is a portion of that message that Billy Graham delivered on September 14th, 2001.
4: The Bible words are our hope. God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. But how do we understand something like this? Why does God allow evil like this to take place? Perhaps that is what you are asking now. You may even be angry at God. I want to assure you that God understands these feelings that you may have. We've seen so much on our television, on our, heard on our radio, stories that bring tears to our eyes and make us all feel a sense of anger. But God can be trusted, even when life seems at its darkest.
0: Billy Graham, the Friday after 9-11. Sharing from God's word that the Lord is a rock and a refuge, a very present help in danger. In the wake of such a tragic and confusing attack, people needed security and comfort. Billy could have stepped into that pulpit, it's high up in the air above the pews, and preached about God's wrath. He could have riled up the entire room to hatred and revenge. But he didn't do that. He showed a way forward, trust in the Lord and dependence on his grace day by day. We need the Lord, whether our life is bright and we know the way, or our way is dark and we need the light. Twenty years ago this week, but that sermon could have been preached today. We need Jesus. We need his sacrifice, his blood to cover us. And as we do, he walks with us through every tragedy still to come. I'll never forget that morning when it happened I did our very first program by satellite coming from Evansville, Indiana and then made my way to Indianapolis for another program and then on to Chicago where I not only did Haven Today programs for several days, I couldn't fly home but also programs on the Moody Radio Network Just before we go I want to Thanks so many of you for supporting Haven Ministries with your gifts. Since 1934, we've been sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, thanks to friends like you. We're supported entirely by listeners. Every dollar you send goes directly to share the good news with millions of listeners around the world. And as a thanks for your support, I'd like to send you the just released 20th anniversary book called Let's Roll, Ordinary People, Extraordinary Courage by Lisa Beamer. Remember her husband, Todd, who was there on United Flight 93 when terrorists overtook the cockpit. They already knew on the plane what had happened in New York and Washington and decided they wouldn't be a part of it. Sometimes we just need to be reminded about Christian heroes like Todd Beamer. And I know you'll find great hope as you read about his life. So to get your copy of Let's Roll, just call us right now at 800-654-2836, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website, listen to our Great Stories podcast about 9-11, and then make your gift at haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And don't forget... If you were listening to us last week and you still want a copy of the book Warriors of the Word, the Bible Memorization Battle Guide for Winning Spiritual Victories, we still have copies for your gift to the ministry. It's a very helpful book to help you and others that you know and love to hide God's Word in your hearts. I'm Charles Morris. Thank you so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow on Friday? And again, we get to share together this great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. We often find ourselves asking the Lord, what do you want from me? Don't we? We just want to know what he wants us to do and we'll do it. Sounds nice. But the Apostle Paul was more concerned with what the Lord wants for us. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 23, he tells us what that is. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Sanctify, a big word, but it means to make holy. The Lord isn't as concerned with our performance or our ability to make things right. Instead, he wants to make us holy himself. And he has through the blood of Jesus Christ. That blood protects us and it makes us whole. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.